You're listening to a Sim Media podcast. Spooky friends, hello. How are things? Probably not the greatest at the moment. Definitely not the greatest if you live in Melbourne, where I am. But let's just have a tiny, spooky distraction from everything being awful. I'm Grace, welcome to Deadbeat. Today we are taking a musical journey through 80s slasher movies. Yes, that is what we are doing. Who are the musicians in a musical journey through 80s slasher movies? Will Smith and Alice Cooper. Classic combination, of course. Like always, the YouTube playlist for this episode is in the show notes. Content warnings if there's any, those will be in the show notes. Let's go! So, American slasher movies were kind of the mainstream of horror movies in the 80s. Do they always hold up now? Well, in some ways, yeah, they really do. And in other ways, no. No. No, 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 no. Do not want. But I think big giant horror nerds like me have a soft spot for them. Anyway, for this episode specifically, we're talking about two of the most successful, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. So those were both movies from the early 80s. Friday the 13th was 1980. Nightmare on Elm Street was 1984, and they both became very famous, very influential, and they made a lot of money. And because of that, they were subjected to something that is much more fun to talk about than the movies themselves, the sequel treatment. Dun dun dun. I think you can kind of compare that to maybe The Conjuring franchise, for a modern example, but way more excessive. Nightmare on Elm Street had eight movies in its franchise, so seven sequels, and Friday the 13th had 11, so 10 sequels. And that's not counting remakes. A lot of the time the sequels were kind of latching onto a random gimmick, just like, oh, here's something new we can do. Let's see if the audience buys it. Sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. I'm sure sometimes the audience would see it just to make fun of it. That's valid. But to take our minds off everything going on in the world, I think we need to celebrate the weird directions that these 80s franchises went in when they were given the sequel treatment. So, for example, just a few greatest hits. At one point, Jason, the scary, murderous guy from Friday the 13th, suddenly was able to possess people in the ninth movie. He's not a ghost or a demon or anything like that, he's more of a zombie kind of character, but suddenly he could take over people. I would think that was a useful skill, and probably if he had that skill already, he would have used it in the previous eight movies, but he did not. And then in the next one, the tenth movie, he was suddenly trapped on a space station in, like, stasis. Like, suspended animation. Because he was kind of immortal and unstoppable and dangerous, people were like, well, what are we gonna do with this guy? Uh, I don't know, just chuck him in stasis. That was after acquiring his possession powers. The Nightmare on Elm Street franchise at one point ended up having this weird parody of Nintendo advertising in one of their movies, in the sixth movie, and this was something that I thought I had misremembered. Like, before recording this podcast, I looked it up because I thought there is no way I'm remembering that right. My brain has made that up. But no, that was actually something they did. At one point, just kind of in the middle of the movie, 
they just decided to poke fun at Nintendo. Also, that same franchise, Nightmare on Elm Street, went in this really interesting meta direction, eventually, where the original director returned to make a movie where the movie, Nightmare on Elm Street, and the actors who had been in the movie all kind of existed in the one universe where things could cross over. Really unusual choice for a horror movie. I actually really like that one, but it probably wouldn't have happened if there hadn't been, you know, a million sequels. And obviously there were heaps of spin-off comics and novels and games. There's a Nightmare on Elm Street game where you have to, like, collect coffee to stay awake as you go, which I, I find very relatable. I'm in the last semester of undergraduate uni, so that is very true to life for me right now. Anyway, throughout the sequel treatment, there were a lot of movie titles that kind of implied they were going to be the last. They always weren't. It was either a deliberate fake out or they genuinely thought they were done and then they just weren't done. So both of those franchises had things like The Final Nightmare, The Final Chapter, The Final Friday. None of those were the last movies. Anyway, both franchises culminated in a crossover. And that was in 2003, so it kind of predated the trend for crossover movies that we've had in the last few years. It's kind of cool. So the crossover was Freddy vs. Jason, so yeah, it was literally just Freddy, the villain from Nightmare on Elm Street, fighting Jason from Friday the 13th. Although it was actually more like Freddy kind of manipulating Jason into doing something to help him, and then realising it had gone overboard and being like, oh, oh I guess I've got to fight this guy now. Anyway, music. How are we tying this back to music? This is a music podcast. For Friday the 13th, by the sixth movie, yeah, they were nowhere near burning out in 1986, they released the sixth movie, which was actually better received than a lot of the other sequels. People who were kind of getting sick of a new Friday the 13th movie every year actually quite enjoyed this one. I like this one too, but I actually prefer the even more ridiculous ones, like the Getting Trapped in Space one. And the people who made this movie got Alice Cooper involved to write a song specifically for it. Excellent choice. Obviously, Alice Cooper is an all-around expert spooky guy. He knows what he's doing. There's actually a part in the movie where one of the characters is listening to this song. You can kind of tell because he's got headphones on and there's like that slightly muffled music you hear in a movie when a character is listening through headphones. And that fits because this song is extremely 80s in its vibe. So the song is called He's Back, The Man Behind the Mask as many men are right now, and many other people are all behind masks at the moment. Not the same kind of mask though. Obviously the he's back part fits with the million sequels pretty well. Actually Alice, he crawled out of a lake, not a hole. He, he died in a lake, that's how he became a zombie, he drowned. But lake doesn't rhyme, anyway. to Nightmare on Elm Street, a not officially licensed, officially commissioned track 
Will Smith, in his Fresh Prince days, made a song that pays tribute to the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. It was called A Nightmare on My Street. So this is the Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff era. So you kind of imagine what it's like. It's nothing like the Alice Cooper song. Now I have a story that I'd like to tell about this guy you all know. It's about that time that uh, Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street tried to team up with Will Smith. I mean, of course. Of, of course. Yeah. I said, yo, Fred, I think you got me all wrong. I ain't partners with nobody with nails that long. Look, I'll be honest, man, this team won't work. The girls won't be on you, Fred, your face is all burned. Truly a masterpiece. Fun fact about that song, there was a music video made that ran into legal trouble. There was a lawsuit with the people who made the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and the music video basically ended up having to be destroyed, and it didn't resurface until 2018. It was made in 1988. Would have been slightly hilarious if this song became actually licensed and was in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. That would have been amazing. That did not happen. But The Fresh Prince and Jeff actually sample the score for the original Nightmare on Elm Street movie in this song. And I actually really like the way they do it, it's catchy. Okay, this is the part of the podcast that I like to call Supplementary Spooks, where every time I leave you with a little YouTube playlist in the show notes of just some additional gems tangentially related to the songs in the podcast. So the first supplementary spook is going to be the music video for the Fresh Prince song that was created in the 80s and then only resurfaced a few years ago. It's very goofy, very corny, very unlicensed and copyright avoiding. It's a lot of fun. And also I'm just going to give you the part of the original score for Nightmare on Elm Street that Will Smith sampled. It's composed by a dude called Charles Bernstein and it's just an iconic horror movie score in and of itself. And finally not related to 80s slashers, not related to Friday the 13th, not related to the song that Alice Cooper wrote for the Friday the 13th movie, but just a spooky gem that you should watch. It'll make your day better. Trust me. Alice Cooper performing on The Muppet Show. That is all. And just to finish up, my spooky friends, at the end of every episode, I take the opportunity to shout out a different cause. This one is the Emergency COVID Appeal for Support Act, which is a charity for the Australian music industry. Obviously, the Australian music industry has been hit really, really hard at the moment for obvious reasons. The most direct link to donate is in the show notes for this episode, and I'm also going to put it on all the deadbeat socials.
Thank you, my friends, for taking this very, very bizarre journey through 80s slasher movies via music with me today. Come hit me up on Twitter and Insta at DeadBeatSyn, so DeadBeat and then S-Y-N, where it's all very spooky and aesthetic and extremely nerdy. Take care of yourself. I will see you next Wednesday for a musical theatre episode. I am very excited about this one. And before we finish up, I just want to acknowledge that I record and produce this podcast on the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I would like to pay my respects to the elders and traditional owners of the land. I want to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You're listening to a Sim Media podcast.